Hi, welcome to Romance Happy Hour. I'm Dylan Crush. And I'm Don Ludicky. We're bringing you your favorite romance authors. You'll get to hear them read from their books and answer your questions. Now let's get on with the show. Hi, welcome today to the show, Romance Happy Hour. Um, today we have, we did have um, originally Katie Ruggle and Heather Van Fleet and Annalisa Adams, um, but Katie and Heather could not make it. So luckily enough, Tara Vassar um, with, with Dylan and she agreed to step in for, for our featured guest today. Um, right here. Yeah, that's her with Dylan. Yeah, double trouble over there. And uh, <laughs> uh, so um, let me just start off by welcoming you guys here. Um, again, my name's Dawn, if you're new. And um, Dylan and I do this uh, to bring readers and authors together. And we really enjoy the show. Um, right now, I am just working on getting some backlist self-published, and I'm waiting to hear from my editor um, for some books that I have out on submission. And for any coasties that are here, they are Coast Guard books. So I'm like really fingers crossed about those ones. Um, Dylan, what are you working on? Um, I am working on not being sick. <laughs> not working. Yeah. This week, um, I've been here with Kara since Monday. Uh, we're at a writing conference, and I don't know if anybody else has spent much time in a casino in Vegas, but it's hard to breathe. So I've got um, I've got cold. I got a sore throat. I'm miserable. I'm whiny. Um, but I'm leaving tomorrow, so I'm hoping that I'll be back um, to 100. Um, percent We've been having. Oh, you mean what am I working on, like book-wise? Um, yeah. So I, I just had. Oh, where's my book? It's over there. I can't reach it. We're sitting on a bed. Um, I had Cowboy Christmas Jubilee released last week, the second book in the Holiday Texas series. <laughs> oh, we have a helper. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, helper Ashley. <laughs> this is the way to do it. We should only ever do these shows when we're sitting on a bed in in Vegas with helpers. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Cowboy Christmas Jubilee released last week. Um, and so I, and I just, I finished edits on the third book that'll come out next summer. And I turned in right before I left for Vegas, I turned into my editor, the first book in my, um, small town contemporary series. that's going to come out after the first year. Yay. So I'm, I'm busy. So just a little side note, I lived in a town right outside of Vegas. Of course you did, because Dawn, you have been everywhere. Every time anybody comes on this show, you're like, I've lived there. Yes. Mexico. I lived everywhere. Get around, girl. But I was a I was little. So oh. we moved from there when I was like in first grade. So okay. I so I never went to the, you know, the Vegas strip or anything, but you know, I hope I didn't, if I did, then my parents should be, you know, well, we are like, we're in the off, 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 no, off we're not on strip. strip. I'm not sure how many offs, how far off we're, we're off. Yeah. Off. Off. That's funny. <laughs> All so. right. So today on our show, we're welcoming Annalisa Adams. And Annalisa is, she is my critique partner, and she is one of the amazing women that mentored me when I first started and uh, kind of took me under her wing. And so I'm very excited to feature her here today. Annalisa, what, uh, do you want to introduce yourself a little bit more and tell us what you're working on and what you're giving away? Sure. Um, I have been working on a series. Um, the book that I'll be reading from today is um, The Healing Touch. Um, it's a paranormal series that has to do with um, uh, not not what's normally thought of as paranormal and in being you know vampires and werewolves and that kind of thing, uh, but it falls under the paranormal genre, and that is um, 
uh, having to do with uh, things like healing, empaths, um, you know, spirits, seeing spirits, um, which to a lot of us are just everyday things, but <laughs> it falls under what's called paranormal. So that's why it's in that category. Um, I'm working on the second book in that series. Uh, should have that out sometime, sometime next year, but I'm also editing, uh, another book that I have finished and almost ready for publishing. And that is The Silence Dreams. And that's also a paranormal, but it's not in the series. So. I um, can definitely attest to, to the awesomeness of the book. But is, are you doing the healing touch today? Yes, I am. That is a good one. It's very good. So I'm very excited that that's the one that you're you're doing. Good. Thank you. All right. So, so um, go ahead. Sorry. Finish. Go ahead. No, I was just. Was I missing something? <laughs> what were you going to do for your giveaway? Um, I will give away a um, an autographed. A copy of the healing touch um, and then some healing stones and I could talk a little bit more about the healing stones later maybe okay um, if you'd like to know, know more yeah definitely all right Tara um how about you I'm a paranormal romance writer primarily I write a little bit of contemporary just kind of dipping my toes in the water seeing how that goes um, what I have been working on is mostly rewrites. So I'm rewriting the first book of my Bloodlust Chronicles series. Um, it's taking me quite a long time. So um, that is, is a little bit of a work in progress that I am hoping to have done by the end of this year so I can republish that as a new edition and hopefully it will fit a little bit better with the rest of the series. Um, and today I will be giving away an ebook copy of my complete trilogy of red. So vampires, werewolves, wolf shifters. It'll be fun. Yay. That does sound like fun. And um, did you do your say your giveaway? Yeah, just did. I oh, just did. Sorry. What what are you drinking tonight, Dawn? <laughs> yeah, you know what? It's port wine, all right. So my husband gets the port wine because it's 20% alcohol. So he he doesn't he doesn't buy wine based on like connoisseur taste like the notes and and all that he's like what's the alcohol content so that's what he brought me because I sent him out for the booth <laughs> but I've only got one glass he said he he looked he watched the video last time told me I had a little bit too much to drink last time so he he put me on a one glass um, regimen today. Because you're running the show. I do. That's why I'm. That's another reason too. I'm like I can't click the wrong button, or you know, who knows what will happen. But um, yeah. So for those of you who are just um, watching or uh, checking in here, don't forget to go to the post on our Facebook page and um, comment once you have followed the the post the links there and we'll also um post dylan you have your phone what can i task you with or or tara can i get you to um this drop your social media links in the comments or oh, something sure she's um my phone right here i'm typing um as we're talking okay. so i'll, I'll so, put her in and comment on the, the giveaway post um, when you follow people so we can add you in for our to enter to win for our winner. Um, so now we're going to go back to, to Annalise and she's going to read an excerpt from her book, Healing Touch. Annalise? Okay. Um, this story is about a young empathic woman's struggle to discover her true self by uncovering the truth behind a long time nightmares and a, a physical condition she's had, but she never imagined they were connected together. Uh, Nicholas, our hero, has invited Susanna to move into the little house out back of the main house where he lives. Uh, and
that operates his veterinary office. Um, having had a few heat exchange before, exchanges before, uh, this scene shows the start of their rocky romance. Susanna started to bring the boxes in from her car when she heard the back door to the main house open. She stood up from her bent position to see Nicholas come to order. Brushing the moisture beads from her forehead, she smiled, delighted as he came closer. Even though she chose to have a positive outlook at all times, he always seemed to brighten her spirits when he was around. Need a hand? He smiled, his sparkling blue eyes lit up his whole face, multiplying the positive energy she always felt surrounding him. That would be wonderful. I thought there'd only be a few boxes, but Mama kept sneaking stuff in. I have no idea what's in them now. It'll be Christmas in July when I unpack. When she reached into the car to pull out the next box, it was larger than the rest and very awkward to handle. She struggled with it for a moment. Here, let me get that one. Nicholas had come up behind her, so as she straightened up and turned around, their bodies bumped lightly, his face mere inches from hers. He reached out to steady her, <clears throat> which brought her closer. Excuse me. <clears throat> then she'd already been. Susanna gasped in surprise. Their closeness knocked the air out of her lungs. She couldn't breathe. She desperately wanted to reach up and drag his mouth down to hers, to press her body against his, and feel the full impact of his muscular body next to hers. She knew a flush rose to her cheeks as she imagined what it would be like. He looked deep into her eyes as if searching for an answer, then politely stepped away. He'd lingered long enough for Susanna to sense He'd felt the same unsettling sensations. Pardon me, uh, let me get those big boxes. You can open up the trunk to see what's in there. Unable to speak, she could only nod her head and slip past him toward the back of the car. From behind the trunk lid, she took a deep breath to steady herself. Never before had she felt a physical attraction so strong, even with her blocking techniques. She couldn't ignore her responses to him. They were like two magnets of opposite poles pulled together, while, whether willing or not. Not now, not possible, she thought. Susanna squared her shoulders and put on a smile to cover the reality to her world. Grabbing a box to head inside, she turned and almost bumped into a necklace again. Oh, God, this is definitely not going to be easy. After a couple of trips, Everything in the car was now sitting in an array of mishap all over the living room floor. <clears throat> Anxious to unpack, she surveyed where to first start. She'd looked forward to this all week long. It was as if the house had been waiting for her to come, and this move could only be described as the right thing to do. That's all the all of the boxes. My cousin Roberto will bring my other few pieces of furniture I have sometime this morning. Oh, and a mattress will be delivered this afternoon. Are you going to retrieve Callie today? Callie's a kitty cat that's staying at the veterinary hospital. <laughs> um, she's beginning to display caged animal behavior. As soon as everyone stops with foot traffic, I'll get her. I know she must be going nuts. I'm sure she is, Nick, Nicholas said, reaching out. He put his hand on her shoulder. I hope this works out to be what you need. The significance of his statement and his generosity hit her. Susanna wasn't sure if he knew just how much she needed this movement in her life. Thank you so much for everything, Nicholas. This is more than I could ever have expected to find. I can't tell you how much it means to me. The job the pet, the house. There was no doubt that this was an unmistakable blessing. Without thinking, she went with her natural inclination to friendliness and gave him a quick hug and a light kiss on the cheek. 
or at least that was what she meant it to be. The simplest of hugs turned out to be not so simple at all. His arms came up to give a returned light embrace, yet when she felt the pressure of his body against hers, the rush of delightful sexuality was instantaneous. The impact so extreme, she felt her knees weaken. Oh man, why do I keep doing this to myself, she thought. She should have known better. The natural actions she would have done with anyone differed with him. His arms so strong yet gentle, and the brush of his cheek against her hair, she knew were not intended to stoke the fires of passion, yet she could feel the increased energy as he continued to hold her. And then he softly pressed his lips against her forehead in a way that made her heart flutter with a profuse, undeniable response. God, I wish I could show you what you do to me. She needed to sever the connection or give in to the urgency of her own feelings. Thinking him unaware of what she felt, she gave a quick squeeze and stepped away. Nicholas's expression confused her. His lips were grim, but his eyes smiled, which made them sparkle with laughter. How does he know what I'm thinking? The intense flush traveled from her sensitized breasts to her cheeks with light speed as she brushed past him in her effort to get as far away as possible. In the kitchen, she opened the refrigerator and pulled out a couple of bottles of iced tea she'd stuck, uh, tucked away earlier. Turned out to be hot today. Would you like some iced tea? Sorry, I don't have any ice yet. I think they're cold enough. She spoke faster than she needed to in an unsuccessful attempt to dismiss the awkwardness of the situation. When she turned around, she found him leaning against the kitchen doorway. He blocked any type of quick escape, but she couldn't tell if it was intentional or not. The blue t-shirt he wore showed his tan sculpted arms and the firm outlines of an equally muscled chest. Luscious hair dampened by the heat curled haphazardly around his face. The smile he now wore showed his comfortable, easy style. His head was tilted to the side as if he'd watched her reach in into the refrigerator, appreciating the view from behind. This brought more heat to her already flushed face. Susanna handed him the bottle and watched as he drank a healthy portion of its contents. He set the empty bottle back down on the counter, then began to walk slowly toward her. His movement had purpose, the look on his face intense and without humor. Whatever this was, it was totally serious. She tried not to participate in the role of a smitten woman, overwhelmed by the charm and muscles of a good-looking man. Unfortunately, she not yet recovered from their last touch. His eyes, bright with object intent, captivated her ability to move. It felt impossible to act indifferent, as she had before. So the next best thing would be to feign indignity and, became, and become defensive. You're in my way. Let me through. Is that what you really want? Not knowing what she'd do if he touched her again. She put her hands on her hips and tried to pull in as much power as she could muster. I told you before, I'm, I'm not interested. Her voice broke as she started to panic, not in fear, but in total wanton submission to the man who came to order. I hoped you might reconsider. You can't tell me you aren't interested. I find it curious every time I get close to you. There's nothing but interest attraction, and a hell of a lot more. By this time, he'd inched her back against the wall, his body again only a breath away. You can't deny you want this as much as I do. The wall behind her stopped any type of escape as his body pressed against hers. He reached up to cup the back of her neck in his palm, his eyes never leaving hers. Slowly, he pulled her mouth to his. There was no fighting it anymore. She gave in without pretense. Her continued resistance was futile. She could do nothing but respond. 
and close your eyes to drink fully of the feeling he aroused. In a fervent battle of urgent need, they began to explore the passions their walked lips ignited. He tasted his sweet tea and heat, his essence enticing her to search for more. She nipped at his lower lip, then came again, came back to the lips that enthralled her. The contrast between salty and sweet pleased her immensely. She wrapped her arms around his body to pull him closer, desire overtaking her every move. He took and she gave, two wills equally matched, both vying for position. Suddenly the true knowledge of what she'd only imagined became reality, and to be touched by him with such passion brought all of her fears forth. The sound that came from her throat now was not of passion but dismay, a whimper in the face of her own internal conflict. Unable to speak, she quickly dropped her arms and stiffened, attempting to ward off any further physical connection with him. She hoped he'd get the message. Nicholas pulled away, his eyes a dark steely gray. He reached up to wipe away the tear she tried to hold back as it slid down her cheek. Hey, hey, I'm sorry. I shouldn't have rushed you. You're killing me here. I've never made a woman cry with a kiss. Shaking her head in fierce denial, she pushed, pushed past him to find some space. What had happened was more than she'd ever imagined could be possible. His arduous attention sparked an equally fervent passion inside of her. She felt as if she were about to combust. Every atom in her being raced around in a feverish, feverish rush, as if her body had taken over all sensible thought and now controlled her actions. Def desperate to give in to her pure se sexuality, he forced her to see within herself. She placed her hands on either side of the windowsill and stared out into the gardens, forcing her body to surrender back to reasonable functionality. The fear of reality was much stronger than her need, need for him. The pain of seeing him look at her in disgust when he found out what was wrong with her would devastate her. She couldn't face again another failed attempt at trying to be normal. Not with him. Are you all right? It was impossible to lie to him right now. Neither could she tell him the reason she'd pulled away. At some point, she may have to. For right now, all she could do was plead with his sense of right and wrong. She forced up her wall of defense, the perpetuated strong front in the face of total internal disaster, and turned to face him. To her surprise, her body shook, her fortitude not yet strengthened. She did her best to show calm, strong outer demeanor. Nicholas came forward and took her hand in his. She couldn't stop the helpless tremble of her hand in his. Why are you afraid of me? What have I done to scare you? She found it hard to look at him in the eyes, but took a deep breath and looked over his shoulder at the blank wall. It's not you. I'm not scared of you. She made herself look him in the eyes and went for the plea. You're right. I am very attracted to you. I can't keep lying about it. Don't ask me to tell you why. Before, when I told you not to approach me in that way, I should have told you the truth. I just can't do this right now. Please, if you care, do what I ask. She could sense frustration rush through him now. His frown confirmed he was trying to decide how to proceed with her request. Maybe none of my business, but have you been abused? The question shocked her. She had to admit it was a valid question. No. His expressive face told her of his disbelief. She pulled her hand away from him and crossed her arms over her chest. I can't get involved right now. It just wouldn't work out anyway. It never has before. Please try, try to understand. I can't allow there to be any intimate contact. As she'd hoped, her defensive gesture made him take a step away from her. I can see you aren't going to tell me what this is all about yet. So I'll do as you ask. I can't promise not to be interested. 
You feel it the same as I do. Nicholas took a few steps toward the door, then stopped. There is something between us I think could be, could be awesome. Don't put me in the same category as everybody else. I'm different, and you know it. I don't give up that easy. So when you're ready, I'll be waiting. So good. I love that book so much. Um, it was one of the first uh, manuscripts that I wrote, that I read from Annalisa. It's a good one. So um, just so you know, she's giving it away today for our giveaway. So don't forget to um, to go on to the post. It's uh, on our on the page and like her social media for a chance to win it. Um, do you readers have any questions uh, for Annalisa? And do you want to tell us about the healing stones? Oh, yes. Um, so everything, as you know, um, everything is made up of energy. And energy reacts with each other in different ways. Stones, as well as uh, uh, living beings, are made up of energy. And it's been found that certain stones have certain qualities that affect the human condition or the human body. And so there are certain stones for certain things. And um, some of the ones that I, I, uh, I tend to wear hematite, which is a, a, a stone that wards against negativity. It, it helps to uh, dispel anything that's coming your way. So it's something that I need a lot in my work because <laughs> there's a lot of stress there. Uh, but the healing stones, there's things like uh, sodalite, uh, amethyst, uh, oh Lord, I can't think of any other ones. Um, is like the Himalayan salt stones part of that? Himalayan salt stone is one, yes. I, I um, worked in a spa and they used Himalayan uh, salt stones. They really, really, to like draw in toxins, their toxins and stuff. I have a book that's this thick of, oh, all, the wow. stones. Yeah. <laughs> of all the stones and what they do. And um, there's some really amazing things that happen. Um, and it's proven it's not just and there's there's this particular book I have describes specifically how it scientifically does what it does and how it affects both physical, emotional and spiritual sides of, of the human spirit. Um, I'm curious now. <laughs> well, <you should. laughs> I, I actually have some. Uh, uh, blogs on my website that go into some of the stones and I'll be continuing to put those out um, and it'll talk about different ones I'm interested in. Okay. Yeah. I'm also going to, just a little quick thing, I'll also be, uh, at the beginning of the year, I'm going to be putting a, a page on my website that is going to be called um, Goddess Stones. And it features mm -hmm. uh, some local art, uh, a local artist that that creates some awesome custom jewelry, uh, one of a kind. Uh, it'll it'll have a picture of the jewelry, and if you want it, you better get it because it, if it goes, it goes, and you won't be able to find another one. Yeah, that sounds awesome. Um, and just so you know, she lives in Washington State. Sorry, I'm not giving away your. I won't give away. <laughs> Exactly where you live, but oh, yeah. um, so there's a lot of, of amazing artists over there. Um, in there Washington. are, there are, yep. So let's um, let's get to to Tara here. Tara, oh, okay. Linda wants to know what does the amethyst represent? The amethyst, uh, let's see, now you're going to test me here. <laughs> the amethyst actually helps to enhance some of the other stones that you have, but it is a very strong healing stone in and of itself. 
Uh, it also helps to open up your um, uh, intuitions and your connectedness to the universe. Um, there's a lot more that goes into that, but that's kind of a, in a short, short version of what it does. <laughs> I will, I will put a little description of each stone that I send along with the book. So awesome. And Linda, I, I don't know if you caught, if I answered that before you posted that, but she lives in Washington state. Um, and you've been doing book signings around there lately, haven't you? I have. I have, yes. And uh, I, you have one one. I'm sorry? Do you have any events coming up? None None right now. The one that I was going to do uh, in the middle of November canceled on uh, – I had to cancel that one. Um, but I've got some more coming up at the beginning of the year. I'm kind of waiting for my new book to go out. So I've got something yeah. new to, to bring to the table. So do you have a, um, on your website, do you post your event dates and everything on there? I do. I do. Okay. I've got an event page. I've got a uh, sales for the books. So you can purchase through my website. Um, ebook, if you, if you absolutely have to have an ebook, you can buy it through Amazon. But if you want the hard copy book, it's best to come through me because I can give it to you cheaper than Amazon does. And it'll be autographed. <laughs> and it'll be autographed. You're right. <laughs> All right. So uh, let's let's move on to Tara just to give her a little chance. And then we'll come back um, at the end and talk to Annalisa more. I know I've got a couple more questions for her. Um, Tara, um, what are you reading? Uh, I am reading the first book of part one of Red, so that I'll be giving away. Um, it's a, it's a uh, three-part trilogy, so the book that I'm giving away is all three parts into one book. So uh, I'm just going to read the little blurb here for part one and the first chapter. I'm going to hop off the bed because I don't want to sit here and, and make faces at me while, and while you're reading. Okay. <laughs> all right. Uh, Part one, in the aftermath of a tragic car accident, Red is resurrected by a vampire. As repayment for her second life, she spends a decade being groomed to serve as a peace offering between enemies. Upon arrival at the estate of her betrothed, Red soon realizes the cruelty of her husband-to-be and the sterility of his manse are more than she can bear. Seeking refuge, she flees to the woods where nothing is as it seems. There, she is drawn to a dangerous figure shrouded in secrecy. It is within the trees where Red will discover who is predator and who is prey. That should be helpful if I went the right way. Okay, uh, chapter one. The snap of a twig in the stillness of the night halted Red in her tracks. With a slow turn on her heel, she surveyed the darkness behind her, both listening and watching for the culprit. A rodent of some kind darted across the path and Red observed its escape with sharp focus. Wind whipped through the trees in intermittent gusts, creaking the branches as they swayed. The creaking was all at once comforting and eerie in the otherwise quiet of the woods. Taking in deep breaths, Red continued her leisurely stroll between the oaks, careful to avoid disturbing the flora and fauna of her temporary refuge. The animals that were awake at this time of night scurried into hiding places, having an innate ability to sense the danger surrounding her kind. Humans had once been able to rely on this instinct as well, but she supposed it had dulled with evolution and the use of technology. In these woods, it didn't matter. There were no humans here. There was no one here. This was exactly the reason Red glided gracefully through the oaks like a wraith in the night, to be alone. The sprawling estate she was confined to during most hours of the night and day had amenities aplenty, but room to breathe wasn't one of them. Glancing up to the sky, she bowed her thoughts to quiet for a moment as she took in the sight of wispy clouds racing across the outline of the near full moon. Dulled silver light filtered through the canopy of the trees, creating dappled patterns on the ground, much like Red imagined sun would do during the day. A melancholy sigh escaped her lips unbidden. 
She hadn't seen the sun on the leaves in 10 years, and she never would again if she wanted to avoid turning to a pile of ash. The moon's illumination winked out once more as a thick cloud obscured it from Red's view, her attention waning just like the light. Dropping her gaze from the sky, she focused once more on the trees and underbrush surrounding her. A surprise gasp escaped, and she stumbled back a step when her attention was drawn to a man in front of her instead of the tree as she'd expected. A large gust of wind barreled through the oaks, ruffling the man's hair and wafting his scent to her. Unable to control the instinct to identify the man as either prey or predator, Red drew in a deep breath. Sense of pine and earth filled her lungs, as if he was not a man made of flesh, but of the woods themselves. Standing as if rooted to the ground like the trees surrounding him, his only movement, the result of the wind, he appraised her just as she watched him. Eyes the color of deep amber held her gaze, as if daring her to look away and miss him slipping back into the shadows from which he'd materialized. Red stare challenged him to remain where he stood. Another blast of wind whipped Red's hair into a whirlwind of raven tangles she knew would be a pain to comb out later. Panic gripped her as her dark tresses blocked the view of the enigmatic man breaking their stalemate. When she could once again see, just as she feared, the space where he'd stood was empty. Drawing his scent in with a huge inhale, she tried for the last time to identify him, but came up empty-handed. What are you? Red whispered. Loves it. Just gonna read that one chapter. That's <laughs> it. I have to leave people wanting more. Yeah. Yes, I can. They probably they do want more. I can tell you that. Um, it sounds really good. I am just a little bit. <laughs> oh, I think we're good. Okay. All right. Does anybody have any questions for Tara? So um, do you write mostly paranormal or what do you write mostly? Mostly paranormal. Yep. I just have, I have a couple of uh, contemporary novellas, um, but they're, I mean, they're short. They're, they were an experiment kind of challenge myself a little bit with that, but I most enjoy writing the paranormal. I like vampires. It's cool. Yeah. I, um, I had a fun project that was, the paranormal it I mean it, it got published but it's really small press like I don't really I'm really not a paranormal person I love to read it though my sisters though they're I don't know why they're I, I think they were on here earlier I hope they still are because they're big paranormal readers but that's <laughs> really good we should have had you last week when it was Halloween. Yeah. We had our vampire yeah. blood uh, drink and everything. Yeah. Um, Linda says she loves binge watching the originals and loved True Blood. Oh, yes. I love the originals. Elijah. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't seen that one. Oh. I think you should. <laughs> Is it on Netflix? I don't know. Or Hulu or? I think it's on Netflix. Okay. It must be on Netflix. I have to check that out. I haven't watched recently. And then I did I did watch True Blood for a while. Then it, then it got a little strange with fairies and stuff and kind of lost interest in it. But Where are you watching that, Linda? You got to tell us where you're binge watching it. Yeah, Linda. Well, Reading a vampire series called Blood Bond. Have you read that? I have not. Oh, might have, have to check that out. Yeah. So I um saw on your website that you're an engineer. Oh. What do you do? What is okay? All right. So I gotta say, in military speak, engineer means something completely different than it does in civilian speak. <laughs> always like trying to clarify with my mom she's like no your husband doesn't need to be an engineer he needs to be an electrician and and I want and I keep saying in our world an engineer is an electrician 
<laughs> her an electrician is an engineer. So explain your job to me. Well, you know, other than being an author. Uh, so I work for one of the top three telecommunications companies, cell phone companies. Um, and my, my title of engineer is less engineer now than it used to be, but um, I used to design and purchase uh, the equipment that goes into the little shelters that are at the base of the cell towers. Okay. So I don't do that quite as much anymore. Now I just, uh, I track a lot of things on spreadsheets. People tell me when they, when they turn up a new cell site. So less, less engineering, more project management now, but I still have the title of engineer. <laughs> That's fun. Project management. That's another thing my husband's thinking of doing. He, yeah. You know, he's out. And Annalise, I know that you, um, I know she's super busy in tax season. <laughs> Actually, <laughs> any season I'm busy. <laughs> so you're, uh, what do you do when you're not writing books? Well, I am an office manager controller, uh, basically financial controller of a small uh, drywall construction company. Uh, we do drywall and painting. And we do not only small houses, but we do big apartments. So when we've got several apartments going on at the same time, I've got upwards of about 200 employees okay. that get paid every two weeks. Yeah. And so we're processing payrolls. We're dealing with taxes. We're dealing with corporate taxes, payroll taxes, any kind of anything having to do with uh, financial dealings of a company is basically yeah. my job you know? nice yeah so i see i work probably probably 10 to 12 hours a day at wow. my normal job yeah well, you're a busy woman i busy. am all so right creative outlet is probably well needed mm -hmm. yes. yes it is <laughs> very much so mm -hmm. uh, i get frustrated though because I don't have as much time as I really want to spend on it. I mean, I really want to be writing. In fact, sometimes I'll be doing numbers at work and I'll find my, my brain is working on the story or a, yeah. a scene that I'm stuck on or, oh, hey, there, that's how I fix that. But I've been doing numbers on the computer, you know. <laughs> is that where you get most of your inspiration is when you're working with numbers? Well, I think it, it's kind of one of those weird um, don't be thinking directly on a on a problem. Yeah. You just let your mind fix it for you. Yeah. You know, so numbers to me are kind of mindless. I just do them because I have to. <laughs> uh, and they, they come very easily to me. So as you're entering in or doing calculations or whatever, my mind doesn't necessarily have to concentrate on them. So I don't know that it's the inspiration. I think it's just, um, and I, I don't know the, the term, the psychological term for it, but it's just taking your mind away from the direct problem and yeah. letting it work on it by itself. Yeah. I, also, I also find answers come to me about my writing when I'm driving. Yeah, I'm driving, you know, driving to, to work or I have about almost an hour to drive. Mine's and when I'm times. Yeah, mine's when I'm either in the shower or trying to sleep. Yeah, <laughs> but sometimes if my mind's like going a million miles an hour, I'll like, OK, I need to plot something and then I'll start plotting something so that I can get my mind centered and to go to sleep. That way it's not like a million miles an hour everywhere else. Um, Linda did have a question. She wants to know how everybody uh, juggles their time writing with full-time jobs. Well, Annalise, you want to go first? Well, you know, it's like I said, it's very frustrating and very difficult. Um, mostly, I spend my weekends doing as much as I possibly can with, uh, you know, all the marketing part of, of writing um, to get my, my book out in front of people. Uh, or books out in front of people. Uh, and then I try to specifically say, okay, one day I'm going to spend 
editing this one, half half a day editing, and then the other half writing on the new one. So it's it's very difficult for me. I don't know. Yeah. Tara, what about you? Um, so I spend most of my writing time is after my little guys go to bed. So from between like eight o'clock at night to ten thirty is when I do most of my writing. So I kind of block that time off for you know five, six nights out of the week and have my date night on Saturday. So um, that's when I get most of my most of my writing time done. That's crazy. Do you find that you're focused at eight o'clock at night? Like really a lot less lately, but <laughs> um, for the most part, you know, I've, had, I've had a lot of time, you know, throughout the day to just kind of think about like what I'm working on next. I'm I'm like a ridiculous plotter, so I know where I'm at. I know where my story's going. Um, so I just pretty much have to. It's it is ridiculous. I'm, okay. ridiculous. I'm just getting home at eight o'clock. By eight o'clock, I'm in bed. I call it me time. Or wait, no, I tell my my kids and my husband. I says I'm in my head, and that means I've got my earphones on and I'm watching TV. And it and I don't like to watch like deep stuff. I like brainless TV because that's how I shut my brain off. And so, well, I also like crime shows. Those are kind of deep, not brainless. But <laughs> I love some crime shows. I'm re-binge watching burn notice right now i like that one you know i kind of want to i want to be a spy and in, in another life i'm going to be a spy that's my a very good spy don no i wouldn't i'm sorry <laughs> Love you, Dawn. I, you do not play under the radar very well no i don't i would i would um i would definitely get killed on my first day in in right out of spy school but i can dream i can be spies for halloween uh maybe i'll write a spy book but i don't think it would be very good because i'm not very good at being stealthy <laughs> practice yeah. what about you dylan what about you, me how do you juggle your time with your job so I don't know if you guys have heard of these. Um, they're really cool. These necklaces called the Giving Key. Um, but I, I have a part-time job, and my boss gave us all these necklaces last year. And you're supposed to pick a word that um, you want to work on over the year. And my word was balance. So ooh, we have a half-naked woman running through our room right now. <laughs> um, and so my word was balance and you know we're coming up now on the end of the year and my husband is asking me how's your balance going and it's not going so well because I tend to like to work on the things that I like to do and um, procrastinate the things that aren't so fun um, and since I work from home almost all the time um, that makes it hard yeah but, but yeah, I mean, I think there's certain things that you know you have to do, and I'm very deadline oriented. And while I don't track my life in spreadsheets, um, I I feel like you know that you got to have like your top priorities for the day. And if I'm drafting and I have a deadline, then one of those top priorities is getting words on the page or getting edits done. And that might just mean that my kids get to eat chicken nuggets for dinner that night, which they never complain about. Um, so yeah, I think it's, I'm still trying to find the balance, but those are really cool keys. And actually the whole reason I bring that up, it was um, this company was started by a singer whose name I can't remember off the top of my head, um, but she started making them and she now employs um, people from the streets that, that are looking for a kind of a way to get back on on track and so um, the the company itself employs people that are kind of down on their luck and it gives them a job and it gives them a place to live and it gives them a boost back up so it's a really cool company and they're really cool necklaces yeah. and everyone should find balance oh and then you're supposed to give your your necklace to someone else like once you've kind of 
you know, reached that goal. I think I'm going to probably have balance forever though. Um, so I should probably get one, like, um, overcome my introvertedness and then I could pass that one on rather quickly. Yeah, let me, ask, wait, let me ask the, the viewers and the readers here. Do you think that Dylan is an introvert? Because honestly, like, I feel like she's my way to be an extrovert. Like, I follow her around. And I've been like, following her around all week. So she's <laughs> You're not an introvert. That's why I'm saying I'd be able to pass that key on rather quickly. Yes, you <laughs> could. I would get, you know, like overcome being an introvert and I'd be like, oh, dude, like I have worked yeah, on it for one day and now you can have it, Sarah. Woohoo! Pretending to be an introvert is what you are. You're a pretender. Introvert. Aren't we professional liars? Isn't that what we do? We make shit up for a living? <laughs> That's true. <laughs> so. Yeah, we, we, um, Let's see. Oh, so I worked at a spa a couple months ago and their philosophy, one of their philosophies was make it till you break it. Right. Yeah. So, um, so that's what I do. With break people at a spa dog. Fake <laughs> <laughs> it till you break, fake it till you make it. Fake it. Okay. That's better. That's better. Make it till you break it. Yeah. Let's not do that. <laughs> yeah. See, even That's Linda funny. says you're an extrovert, but she, she's just, maybe you're shy. I'm shy? Ellen is amazing. Like, oh, she God. brought me out of my shell. No, really, though. No, really. Like a so naked hermit crab. Yep. <laughs> I pulled you right out of your shell. <laughs> Have you ever seen a naked hermit crab, by the way? We had hermit crabs one time when my kids were a little younger, and we had one that came out of its shell and died. Oh. And I'm sorry. If you have never seen a naked hermit crab, there's some things in life that are better left unseen. <laughs> Not attractive. Yeah. Yeah. Now I'm going to have to go Google that. No, don't. Don't. <laughs> I have to, though. Tara's going to start writing um, hermit crab sisters, I think, in her next life. Oh, yeah. Along with the goldfish. We were talking about some mashup genres. But there were, we had a book signing today, um, and I had a man that obviously accidentally went down the wrong aisle because this is all multi-genre. I think he was looking for urban fantasy, and he ended up um, in the romance section. And so he he did pick up my cowboy book and asked me if there were any, um, you know, like what kind of genre it was and stuff. And so, yeah, he was trying to convince me to turn my cowboys into zombies, and he thought that it would be a lot more attractive. I got to say, I feel like men men either write, they, they either write or read zombies or, like, military suspense. Like, I feel like there's no in the middle unless you're Nicholas Sparks. Like, seriously. Everybody that I know, they're like, I'm all guys. I'm writing a zombie. I'm writing a zombie book. Like, what are the guys you're writing? There's a lot of military sci-fi, um, fantasy, urban fantasy, horror. Yeah, zombies. I don't think I'd write very good horror. My my people in horror, they'd have to fall in love before they killed each other. <laughs> yeah, my mom said I could do a comedy spy book. Oh, you could. Hey, by the way, where where are those pictures of Dawn? And wasn't wasn't she supposed to bring us pictures of you from last time? I was in your pilgrim dress or something. Well, it's like a I have it's a mashup of all of my. Let me see if I can get it on there. It's a mashup of all of my Christmas presents that year. So it's like it's not a dress, but it's like a sweater with my bonnet and. Let me see. I think I got it somewhere because my mom gave it to me and I was going to post it. But then I thought, they'll never know. They'll never bring it up again. <laughs> and now Dylan called me out. We need to see that. We need to see that. <laughs> All right. I'll see if I can find it. I'll post it. I'll post it here. Let me see. We've been secretly sitting on that. <laughs> I'll have to do my own. 
and they were like, well, I'm like, you kids help it. All right, so. That's there we I posted I do it's a new post and it's got a picture of me with the Halloween stuff and then me as a pilgrim girl and then me riding a horse. Those are the only three pictures I have of me as a kid. I love Louis Lamour. Julie, by the way, everybody, see there's two comments here. One is from Deb Cook. That was my mother. Talking about Louis Lamar. Julie is my mother-in-law, and apparently they both love Louis Lamar. Yeah, so just I'm just giving a shout out to my mother-in-law and my mother. And then I just and my husband. There's a picture. I did. I posted on the page because it wouldn't let me. But you can post it right here, can't you? It wouldn't let me post a picture in the comments. Oh, no, you can post it on the show, I think. You can just post it. Oh, but, but well, I have a phone, not on me. Let me see. Um, while Dawn is looking for her embarrassing childhood photo, does anyone have any questions for our authors? Yeah. Sorry, and we got, we made Annalise really quiet there. I know. No, I'm, I tend to be quiet anyway. <laughs> if I jump in, it's it's like way too late. <laughs> the the subject's already passed. <laughs> but you just got you got to like, Don, be quiet. Let me say something, and then and then you got to you just got to push me around a little bit. Dylan knows that. I was going to say something earlier about your con uh, conversation about the introvert versus extrovert yeah and basically what i understand is most writers are introverts but they have to make themselves be the extrovert, the extrovert. when they go out to sell yeah now for sure so I'm, I'm still working on that part of it <laughs> so to confess i get massive anxiety for about a couple hours leading up to every show which is why I drink wine and which is why Dylan loves. But you know what? Dylan drinks wine too. Don't let her fool you. She, she drinks wine. Right? What? I am drinking my tiny little bathroom cup full of um, ice and ginger ale and what did we say it was? Moscow Mule flavored vodka, which is really good. Yeah. Because I can get all the stuff to make our butterscotch teeny in my suitcase. Yeah, yeah. We went to a conference a while ago with Dylan, and um, she was like, "What are you bringing? I'm bringing the wine." And she she figured out how to get the wine in her suitcase and and checked onto the plane. And I was like, "Let's do this." And so every night she she brought the wine. She brought the wine. She was amazing. And I brought t-shirts. Like a giant lush. I'm not. <laughs> Wear yourself some hematite. It will soak up all that anxiety. There you, you go, Dylan. All right, I'm writing that down. I'm writing that down. Hematite. Mm -hmm. All right. So, um, does anybody have any last questions here? Um, because uh, we were getting to the end of the hour, but I did want to do some announcements. Um, so, just readers, last last call for for uh, oh. questions. Dylan, what are you blocking? I don't want to keep interrupting you. Oh, go ahead. I'm a chatty. Okay. okay. I was going to ask if um, either one of our guest authors tonight have a favorite book that they've been reading recently or anything that they'd like to recommend. Yes. Me first? <laughs> sure. Um, I actually, uh, I even though I write a lot of paranormal, I read a lot of contemporary. So I just finished. Um, Megan March's new series, her, um, I think it's the Sin Trilogy. I can't remember what like the whole overarching thing is called. I just finished those. I had to wait and read them all at the same time when they came out so I could binge read them because I was not going to handle like a month in between very well. So I saved, them, I saved them all up and read them all at the same time. 
if uh, if you like the um, uh, stories about pirates and and that kind of thing, Marty Melville has a really good series called the Deja Vu Deja Vu Chronicles. There's the <clears throat> Midnight Omen, Silver Silver Omen, and uh, and another one. Can't think what it is, but it's uh, it's a really good series. I know her personally, but um, people talk about it all the time. <laughs> awesome. Thank you so much. All right. So um, Dylan and I were um, wanting to do something special for the holidays. We're not going to be having any featured authors um, next time on Thanksgiving because it's Thanksgiving um, but we are gonna pop in and say hi for a few minutes just randomly throughout the day um, so keep your eye out for our um, just the post of the broadcast because we are going to be giving a surprise giveaway that day a little just a little video with me and Dylan with a surprise giveaway it's gonna be I'm not excited what we're giving away yet no but it's gonna be cool. <laughs> It's gonna be way cool. Speaking of cool, I'm sorry, I gotta interrupt here. So we're driving in Texas, and this tr we're in a car. This truck comes on our butt, and he's like being one of those jerks, right? And so he whips around us. My he my husband rolls down the window and says, "I got a dually too. You're not cool." And the guy responds with, "I never said I was cool." So, anyways, that's a big joke in our house. Like every time. Because I'm sure he felt like an idiot for responding with, I never said I was cool. So anyway, sorry. <laughs> I digress. <laughs> Every time I hear that, I think, I never said that I was cool. <laughs> anyway. Oh, All right, so. <laughs> We're going to be giving away something really cool on Thanksgiving. Way cool. Even if it's way cool. Even if it's a book, it's going to be way cool. And then uh, on just in December 13th, we're going to be having um, authors Christina Hovland and Carrie Lindell. Um, they're going to be our guests that day. And then we are going to start something even more cool <laughs> after that. Um, we wanted to do a 12 days of Christmas giveaway. So and. Because again, on the 20, I believe it's the 27th, December 27th, second, mm -hmm. we're not going to be doing our post um, the end of, of December. So instead, we're going to do the 12 days of Christmas giveaway, where every day we will be giving away a, an amazing book from an amazing author for those 12 days leading up from and it's just perfect that it starts on the 13th. So starting then, leading up till Christmas, we'll be giving away some books every day. And hopefully we're hoping to, to be able to, to pull a couple of them on a video to kind of introduce you real quick. It won't probably be live, but we'll see what we can do to make it awesome. So uh, Holiday magic. Yes, magic. So mm -hmm. I did want to... Um, Tell you, I know we have some some awesome readers here who come every week. Um, so I wanted to just give you a heads up so you can tell your friends who are also awesome readers just to keep an eye out on our page so they can get a chance to win as well. Um, and I forgot to introduce our, our drink of the week, Miss um, Awesome dylan crush she put it together before she she went to her conference so she was yeah i was amazed that she did it she got it all done um so she did the butterscotch teeny it's two parts vodka one parts butter butterscotch schnapps um one part light creme de cocoa and some chocolate syrup for garnish um, and i did not get to have some today I think it probably would have sent me to the emergency room, but because I probably on a couple, and we all know that. But um, yeah. So then, what else was I gonna, Dylan? What else was I gonna say? I don't know. <laughs> oh, <laughs> the winners. Um, the winners of the, the um, 
the gifts today, uh, Jessica Ashcroft and, and Jamie Jones. They um, responded later. They were uh, came over here from some friends who recommended them to our contest post. Um, I hope they're watching this or um, no, but we will we will tag you on the, the post. And Jessica, you uh, have won Annalisa's gift. And um, Jamie, you have won Tara's. So we just ask that you give them your uh, contact information. They'll be contacting you as well. And we can't wait to see you next month or, you know, just stop by and see me and Dylan's video later on this, this month. And thank you for stopping by. Bye, everybody. Bye. 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 Thanks, Annalisa. Thank, thank you, you for having me. You Thanks for joining us for this week's episode of Romance Happy Hour. To find out who's coming on next or catch up on the video episodes, visit our website at romancehappyhour.com. Don't forget, you can always join us live on the second and fourth Thursday of each month on the Romance Happy Hour Facebook page. To connect with Dawn or me, check the show notes for our contact info. We'll see you next time. Cheers! Cheers.